manifest here in this place. We welcome you and we hope we get to connect with you and get to meet with you after service. This is a church family. That's what it is. We are a family. Family goes deeper than blood. And we are a family. We're here for one another. When we're going through storms, we understand the situations that we're going through. When we're going through trials, when we're going through everything, we're here for one another. We're here to lift each other up. We're here to pray for one another. And that's what you've come to be a part of here in this place. So we welcome all of our guests here in this place. Please keep pastor in your prayers. All of those that are in Bible quizzing and all of that, that are traveling up north, just keep them in your prayers as well. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and go to John chapter 4. And it's uh, traditionary, traditional that we stand up for the word of the Lord just so that we can give him honor as well. So John chapter 4, verse 3, starting in verse 3. And he, being Jesus, left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Interesting here is that he needed to go through Samaria when he could have avoided the route completely. If you look at a map, you can see that the, the Jews actually will avoid this place of Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, <clears throat> near the plot of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. It just so happens that she needs to come and draw water at this moment, the moment that Jesus is passing by, the moment that Jesus is coming and sitting at a well. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. In verse 9, then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. And if you read into history and all of that, you'll see that the Jews and the Samaritans had a lot of tension between one another. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, and you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Verse 11, the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus, an Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a foundation of water, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 4, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Give me this water. In preparing for this message and hearing the voice of God, I got into prayer and I heard God speak right away. 
And God said, I want this spoken to people. And I want you to understand that this is speaking to each and every one of you here today. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about your spouse and family members or anything like that. Think about you specifically. God is speaking to you, each and every one of us here today. God said, God wants me broken, emptied, and filled. God wants me broken and emptied and filled. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and lift up our hands. Lord, you have given us this message, and we just want to hear what you have to say, Lord God. Prepare our hearts, Lord God. Prepare our minds, Lord Jesus. We want you to speak, Lord God. We get out of the way, and we let you have control, Lord God. In Jesus' name, you all may be seated. God wants me broken, emptied, and filled. When someone thinks of brokenness, they think of something that is shattered. It is completely useless. It is messed up. It cannot be mended. It needs to be thrown away in the trash. It's gone forever. It's weak or it's frail. It's a shame. It's nothing important. Many people here today have had brokenness in their lives. Or many people here today are currently in brokenness in their lives. Your brokenness can come from many places. Your brokenness can come from many places. It could be that other people have broken you. People you loved, you let yourself close to. That they may have had some influence in your life. Maybe it was a family member or relationships or marriages or friendships. The list goes on and on and they let you down. They did something to you to physically break you, to emotionally break you, to mentally break you. So it could have been other people that have broken you. It could be the situations that you find yourself in that broke you. You got together with the wrong set of people. You, your past influences may have broken you. Maybe finances got you in trouble. You dug yourself in a hole and you can't get out of it. Then to top it off, you didn't have the correct people in your life to show you the right direction to go, that they may have given you counseling or how to bandage your situations with temporary solutions. Some of these people even give prescriptions to soothe the symptoms that you feel deep down inside. But they didn't have the answer. They don't have the answer. They didn't send you to the one that has the right answer. And the one who has all the solutions and the one that doesn't need any prescriptions to heal you and to heal your mind and to heal your body and to heal your past, your present, and your future. We can even break ourselves. We can break ourselves too. Our own thoughts. With our own stubbornness, our, our own mistakes. The roots of past situations which root down deep and cause fractures to everything that we do and say and think from our present to our future. And since we have been broken, 
because of these com- the combination of the other of of people or the situations of our past or our own brokenness it leaves you empty and it leaves you lonely inside not feeling satisfied filling yourself up with the things of this world that this world has to offer and building up walls so high and tall why and why do you do this well because The harder and the thicker and the taller that my walls are, the less I can ever get hurt again. The less I can be broken again. The less I can show any sort of weakness. The less shame I can show because of the brokenness that I have experienced. See, brokenness shows weakness. And because of this breaking, it leaves you empty inside. It leaves you empty inside. So you go from brokenness to emptiness and you start filling yourself up with things of this world. You start filling yourself up with the things of this world, but it's going down to a pit that's not going to satisfy you. It keeps on just getting filled up and filled up and you keep on wanting more and more and it never gets full. With this emptiness You harbor anger and hate and bitterness, and this anger and bitterness leads to more unsatisfied paths in life. Our world says that we should not be weak, that we should not show any weakness, that we should not let people see our emotions. Maybe we were raised in in such a way that you were not to cry or ask for help, that you needed to show that you were strong by not allowing people in to your life. And that you are not going to be changed by the things in this world or the things of this life. That other people around you needed to adapt to you. That other people around you needed to adapt to your situations in the way that your perspective and your personality is. See, our, our world says, I am more than enough. Our world says, I am capable of doing X, Y, and Z. I am stronger. And because I went through this, I am justified with my way of thinking. And that's a victim mentality. To say that because of my brokenness, I deserve this. And because of my hurt, I deserve to be treated this way. People think that their struggles are to show show others how strong they have built themselves. People think everything that I have gone through is because it was building me to be, sh- to be a stronger in this world, to, be, to, sh- to show how to handle the situations on my own and to show to others that I am stronger because of the situations. That's the way that this world thinks. It is a self-empowering way of thinking. It's a self-empowering way of thinking. From the, the brokenness to the emptiness, you become a slave you become a slave and you, you can be a slave to actual objects and trying to purchase things in order to for, surround yourselves around the material things. You can become a slave to your own thoughts, you, you, to, to a slave to more addictive sati- temporary satisfactions like the drugs and the cigarettes and the alcohol and, and the sexual relationships and all the clubs and all of that stuff. You become a slave. And the truth behind all of the facade is that it's a crutch. It's a crutch that you lean on. It's something that you lean on because he hasn't healed you. He hasn't set you free. You haven't been filled with the peace and the joy and the love and the comfort that Jesus brings. That's the truth. 
That is why the people of the world are chasing the next big high. They're chasing the next big thing, the next thing that can distract them from the true pain and the hurt and the emptiness that they feel inside, deep inside. They can't seem to find the peace that their soul is looking for. They keep on searching for things and looking for things and keep on seeking for the next big thing to fill this emptiness and fix the brokenness that their soul has. But the only thing that can leave our soul satisfied is the living water. It is the living water, the eternal water that Jesus brings. It is through Jesus and Jesus alone. It is through Jesus. It is through Jesus. It is through Jesus. You have come to the right place because God, God has the living water and he is, he is looking for a broken and empty vessel to fill He's looking for something to fill. He is looking for you. He's looking and searching for you to be filled with him. That's what he's looking for. He is looking for those that are broken and empty and those that are searching for something to fill themselves up. That is what he's looking for. And I truly believe all of us in this place want to know Jesus. I truly believe that we want something more that this life has to offer. And I know this because I was in that same boat before. I was in that pit and I was in that darkness. I was there before. Come on, who can testify here and today that you were once there and you were trying to fill yourself up with things. And you couldn't find it in the things of this world. I believe that there, was, there is something inside of you that is eagerly wanting and desiring something deeper, wanting more of God, wanting deeperness, a deeperness with God. If we want more of God, we have to learn how God operates. We have to learn what he does, how he changes things. He is a God that can do and operate anything at any time, anything at any time. If you, want, if you get to know God more, you will learn some of his patterns. You will learn how he works things out. And throughout the Bible, we see a pattern. God fills those that are empty. He fills those that are empty. He mends the brokenhearted. He feeds the hungry. He satisfies the soul that is thirsty. He fills those that are empty. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will, they will be filled. Not they can be filled, or not that they should be filled, but they will be filled. We read the story of Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman, and it says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. He had to go through this, through this place. He could have easily avoided it like many of the Jews of that day. They would avoid the, the way to, to Samaria. Why? Because there was tensions. They didn't want to have involvement with them. So Jesus had a specific purpose for going here. He had a specific plan for going here. And he works with specific purposes and times. And it just so happens that he goes and sits by this well. Then a woman from Samaria came to that well. She came to that well to draw water. And she would come occasionally. And Jesus speaks to her and asks her for a drink. But this woman says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Notice her response. 
Her response is, no, thank you. No, her, her response isn't, no, thank you, I don't want to. Her response isn't, yes, I'll go ahead and do it. Her response is because of the past brokenness and hurt that she had experienced. Her response was because of the hurt and the pain that she had in her life. She now filtered everything and every response from her past experiences. Jesus says, if you only knew the gift, the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink. And he would have given you living water, everlasting water, a water that will last through the test of time, a water that's going to help you to be filled up and overflowing, a water that's going to help you to be satisfied completely. This woman says to Jesus, you have nothing to draw with. You don't have a bucket. You don't have a jar. And this well is deep. This emptiness runs deep. She is saying, even you can't draw off the comfort or the peace or that joy or that love. How often do we limit God by drawing from our own wells and our own resources? How often do we limit God by just doing what we do normally and the same routine over and over again and expecting different results but not getting those different results? How often do we do that? She was drawing, and she was trying to draw and draw and draw, and she couldn't, she couldn't be filled. She couldn't be filled, and there was something that was happening, not just logically, but spiritually. That is what's happening. Another story in the Bible is where Mary comes to Jesus with a jar that contained expensive perfume. This expensive perfume in today's finances is around forty to $50,000. Forty to $50,000. And the Bible says that Mary comes with the, the alabaster jar and she comes and breaks it and she pours it on Jesus. Something that was costly and something that was worth a lot of money in today's logical terms was worth nothing to her as compared to Jesus. Was worth nothing as compared to Jesus. It didn't matter. It didn't matter to her. It didn't matter how long she had been with Jesus, walking with him. She was still, she still saw the importance of brokenness and emptying of all that she had to Jesus. Everything that she had, everything that she would, she emptied it before Jesus. Even when others rebuked her and thought it wasn't worth doing that, she saw the importance of being broken. The importance of being broken. And if you're here today and, you're, and you've been in church for all your life thinking, well, I don't have to be broken. I don't have to be empty. I don't have to be filled. No, 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 no. This message applies to you too. This message applies to you too. We all have to be broken. We all have to be emptied of ourselves, of our own self. And we have to be filled with him every day, every moment. You never come to a point where you just reach it. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's a strong tower. It's a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. They are safe. In Psalm 51.17, if we can put that verse up, Psalm 51.17, it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. They are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. Brokenness attracts God. Brokenness brings him close. It doesn't bring him away. 
In Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18, it says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. They just cry out. They don't just stay silent. They don't just stay in their own thoughts. They don't just stay with their hands down. They cry out to God. You cry out and the Lord hears. He, you cry out with your own voice. You open up your mouth and you start to cry out to him. And the Lord hears. And he delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near. He is near to those who have a broken heart. He is attracted to your brokenness. He is attracted to that. And he saves such as a, have a contrite spirit. In Psalm 147 verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Yes, your scars or your, your wounds might be deep, but they turn into scars. And God can use those scars for his glory. God can use those scars for his glory. Your brokenness will attract God close to you. Even if you've been in church all your life and God has kept you from the things of this world, I, I get it. That's a great testimony. But you still have to reach to the end of your own self. You still have to reach to the end of your own pit. And you all of us have come to realize that we need to be emptied and that I am a sinner. And I need a Savior every day, every moment. Not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesdays, not just on days that we go to church. But every day, I need a Savior. And he is the Savior. Just because I grew up in church and I put on the outfits and I pay my tithes and offering doesn't mean I don't need to be broken and I don't need a Savior and I don't need to empty myself up just to fill up with Him. That's the truth. You need it. You need to come to an altar. You need to come to an altar and be broken before him. You need to come to an altar and be emptied out of yourself and just to be filled up with him. So this message is for you too. Don't think it's just for our new guests. Don't think it's just for those that have never, never been in church. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. I still have to come with a hunger and a desperation and a thirst before God. I can't grow apathetic to God. I can't grow apathetic to his word. I can't grow apathetic to talking with him. I can't just be cold just to talking to him and getting connected with him. I still have to surrender all that I am before God. All that I am before him. Come on, church. Jesus said, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Do you hear? Do you have spiritual ears to hear the word of God? Do you have those spiritual ears to hear what God is saying? Whether you've been in church all your life or you don't know anything about Jesus or that you have some knowledge of Jesus but never fully committed your whole life to him it is the will of God for you to be broken for you to be emptied and for you to be filled up with him you gotta be filled up with him every moment, every day it's not just on Sundays and Wednesdays it's not just in days that you go to church it's not just in days that you are connected with the church it's every moment of every day that's what it is you need to be broken and emptied and filled you got to be filled 
Even those that have been going through difficulties of life. Even those that have been going through the storms of life. Brother Chris, I'm so thankful that God saved you. I'm so thankful that you're okay. I'm so thankful I couldn't stop thanking God for rescuing you. Even when you're going through the storms of life. Even whenever you're going in the middle of your trial and difficulties and all of that. It seems like you're getting hit left and right. Your brokenness attracts God. It attracts God. He hears your cry. He hears whenever you're crying out to him. Ah, God, I can't do it. Lord, I can't do it on my own. Lord, I can't do it with my own abilities and strength. I need you. I need you every moment of every day. I can't do it on my own. Your brokenness attracts God. He loves when you're emptied. He loves it when you're empty, when you don't have enough, when you just come to the end of yourself, when you don't have anything else to lean on. He loves when you're emptied because that means there's something to be filled. There's something that he can do with that emptiness. And he can fill the living water, the water that he has to bring, his presence, everything of him. He can fill it up. He wants to show himself strong in your life. He wants to prove his glory in your life. He wants to use you for a purpose. He wants to use your situation and your past. And all of the things that you were before, he wants to use it for a purpose now. You may have experienced brokenness and emptiness and filled yourself up with other things outside of God. But God is able to heal the brokenness of your past, your present, your future. He wants you to be he wants you emptied so that there is nothing else left but to be filled with him to be filled with him and him alone till you're overflowing overflowing with him it says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water that's the rivers of living water that many of us here today have experienced right that you've been baptized in the name of jesus that you've been filled with the holy ghost now you have that living water that you can pour out to others You are not meant to be filled with yourself by your own means, by your own experiences and knowledge. You're not meant to do it by your own talents and your own abilities, by your own resources or how you've always done it. It's not in the money. It's not in your authority or your power or even your position, whether it's at work or whether it's at, uh, with your family. It's not any of that. You don't have all the solutions. You don't have all the answers. You can't save yourself. You can't save yourself. You can't be so proud to admit that you are broken. You can't be so proud to admit that you, are, that you need to be emptied. And that you need Jesus to fill your life. You need him every day, every moment, every day, 24-7. And the only way you will be healed of your brokenness is to, and to find contentment and peace for your weary soul is that you admit that you are broken. You admit that you need to be broken before him and you need to be emptied. That you empty of yourself and open up and let Jesus in. That you empty of everything that you are and let Jesus come in. You have to surrender your ways and your paths and your thoughts and your abilities and everything of yourself. You have to empty it completely.
You're not strong enough. You're not strong enough and you can't do it without him. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the solutions. Actually, his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It is the will of God for all of us here today to be broken, to be emptied, and to be filled. And not just any filling. A filling that is everlasting. A filling of his presence. A filling of the Holy Ghost. That is what he wants to do with you. Jesus is able to fill us up and make us overflowing with peace and comfort and love and joy and gentleness and goodness. Everything that is of him, he's able to give it to us and we're able to access that. And now we're able to give it. We're able to give it to others. Jesus is able to fill us up and make us overflowing. Many of us here today have experienced it here at a church, at the church, at today, they, that many of us here today have, have witnessed it. Who is a witness and a testimony of that? That you've been broken, that you've been emptied, and that you've been needing to fill, be filled up. Yes, you've been a testimony of that. Oh, but you all wear suits and ties. You all wear suits and ties. Oh, you wear dresses so long and your hairs are so long. Oh, but don't let that confuse you. Don't let that confuse you. We've had a past too. We've had a past too. Yes, I have a past too. Don't let that confuse you. We've had men that come out of caves, a literal caveman. We've had men that come from prisons and all of that that have been in gains and all tatted up. Women with physical, emotional, and mental abuse. Women who have been taken advantage of. Some, some have been in, in gains and in broken marriages and all of that. We've all had a past. We've all had a past. Don't let this suit and tie confuse you. We've had a past. We've had something that we need to get delivered from. We've been broken. We've been emptied. And we needed to be filled with his spirit. Thank you, Jesus. When you see us, when you see them that have been standing and all of that, you will see that there was a miracle done in all of our lives. That we should have been dead a long time ago. That we should have been dead, beat up, abandoned, left behind. But we've been changed. We've been changed. God did something miraculous within us. God did something miraculous within each one of us. He changed us from the inside, from the inside out. He changed us from the inside out. That is why we tap into the fruit of the Spirit. And we can get the fruit of the Spirit and give it to others. Hey, let me tell you, that is why we dance. We come up to the altar. We dance and we shout because look at what the Lord has done. Look at what he has changed. Hey, we don't sit back. We don't just sit back and say, oh, no, I'm just going to watch the service from behind. I'm just not going to lift up my hands. No, we come with a shout. We come with our hands lifted up. We thank God for what he has done, how he has changed us, how he has molded us and shaped us how we need to be. 
He changed us from the inside out. We can't just sit back. We can't just sit back and wait. That is why we say he is a mighty fortress. He is a mighty fortress. He's a firm foundation. That's why I say I trust him. I trust him. He is a name that is above all names. That's why we say that. That's why we clap. That's why we lift his name up. Because we understand that he has changed us from the inside out. From the inside out. He is our firm foundation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, we've had a past. Yes, we've had a past, but we come to the altar and we just say, thank you, Jesus. We say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you have done. We can't just stay silent. We can't just stay quiet. We come with, our, with a shout of praise. We come with a, a voice of triumph. We come with a praise to lift up to him. We come with thanksgiving and praise. Oh, let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Let them hear. And I pray that this is falling on good soil, that this is falling on good ground, that you, your soil of your heart is not just rocky and thorny, but that you are listening to this word because this word is for all of us here today. It's for all of us. Jesus. Notice a pattern here. The woman at the well had the jar to be filled. She had the jar to be filled. Jesus didn't. Mary had that jar of perfume to break. Jesus didn't. A man named Peter, who was an expert fisherman, was fishing all night trying to catch fish and kept on coming up empty. He would throw his net. Kept on coming up empty. Throw his net again. Come up empty. Peter had the empty boat and the empty net. Jesus didn't. Jesus caused the miraculous to happen and filled Peter's boat full of fish. What about the fish and the loaves when Jesus fed the multitudes? They only had five loaves and two fish. Notice something. Jesus was willing to use what they had what they had, even if it wasn't much. He didn't have it. He came empty-handed. He said, I don't have anything, but you do. I don't have it, but you do. He was able to use what they had to cause the miraculous to happen. He used what they had, even if it wasn't much. He still used what they had. That message is for you and I today. Hey, he... he he didn't have anything. He came empty-handed, but yet he used what they had, and he, multi he multiplied it. <laughs> he multiplied it. Hey, they only had five loaves, two fish, and yet they came up with 12 baskets. <laughs> if we give him what we have, he is able to do way more than what we could have done with our own abilities and our own resources, our own talents, our own ways, our own strength. He, he's able to do way more than what we could have had. 
When we come to him empty, he is able to do miracles with empty things. He's able to do the miraculous with empty things. Even though you may not have much, he's able to do that. He's able to still use that for his glory, for his purposes, and for his ways. He wants us to surrender all we have, all of our past, all of our present circumstances, all of our future plans. Hey, don't limit what God can do for your life. Don't limit how God can speak to your life. Don't set limitations on how, he will, how you will allow God to speak into your life. Hey, don't restrict God. Don't restrict God. Don't close yourself up and just say, no, I'm only going to allow this to, to speak to me. I'm only going to allow this. to." No, he wants all of you. He wants 100% or no percent. God wants you broken, emptied of yourself and filled with his spirit. Filled with his spirit. Don't shut yourself off to how God can change your life around. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too far gone. You're not in too deep. He is able to change everything. He's able to reach down into the pit that you're in and pull you out. Even though you might be in so deep, he's still able to reach down his hand. He's able to change everything. He changes everything. And when you look across all of this place, there's lives that have been changed. There's lives that have been changed. How many can testify to that? Your life has been changed. Musicians, come quick. Musicians, come quick. God is going to do a miracle today. God is already doing a miracle in this service right now. He's already changing things. He's already shifting things. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel it in the Holy Ghost that he's already shifted the atmosphere in this place. Why do you think we're still see we're seeing signs and wonders at the, the facilities, these outreach facilities that we're going to? At Loving Austin. Why do you think we're seeing signs and wonders? Brother DC and Sister Rita, there's signs and wonders that are being followed. It says they signs shall follow them that believe. Right? People are getting delivered from evil spirits. People are getting delivered from evil spirits and dark places. They are seeing the light. They're seeing a brightness within the church that people are getting set free from their minds, that they're getting healed from chronic pains and injuries. People are hungry and thirsty, and they're wanting more. They're desiring more. They don't want the fake stuff. They don't want the things that won't satisfy. They don't want a sugar-coated message. They don't want to hear the prosperity message that isn't true. They don't want to hear any of that. They are sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Isn't that right, Brother Joe? They're sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. They want truth. They want to hear what the Word of God says. They offer so little. They have so little to offer, but God is able to use that and cause a miracle to happen. They come empty-handed, and yet God is able to use that and cause the miraculous to happen in their life. There are hungry people out there. 
They're starving. They're starving people out there. They are seeing that they can't do it alone. They are broken. They are emptied. And that is okay because God is able to use that brokenness and that emptiness and fill them up with his spirit. The everlasting water. The water that's not going to run dry. The water that's going to keep on overflowing within them. That is what he is able to do. They're seeing and coming to a realization that they're, that we are coming in the power and coming in the power and the authority of the one true God, Jesus Christ. They're seeing that. They're realizing that. That is why we're seeing people come in and get baptized regularly. Hey, the water is full right now. The water is full right now. People can still get baptized in Jesus' name. Why? Because they're realizing that there's a difference, that a life, that their lives can change, that their lives can change completely when they turn to him. Hey, you, you, don't, you don't get good to get God. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. That's the truth right there. You don't come to God perfect. Oh, I'm right. I'm all this and I'm all that. No, no, no. You come in broken. You come in empty. And you come in and say, I need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I need to be changed by your ways, God. Hey, the, these, these people at these facilities, they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And why? Because they are broken. They are emptied and they want to be filled. They are hungry and thirsty. And when you're hungry and you're thirsty enough, he's going to come and he's going to fill. He's going to fill you up. God is able to do a miracle with broken and empty things. When you're empty, when you empty yourself of all and give it unto God, when you finally open up and allow God to fill up your life, don't, you don't lose anything. You don't lose anything. You gain so much more with him. You don't lose much. This world has nothing for you, but he has so much for you. He has so much for you. You have the fruit of the spirit, love and joy and peace and gentleness, all of the fruit of the spirit. You can have that with him. Let's go ahead and stand, church. Don't get distracted right now. When, when you get to a desperation and a hunger and a thirst, God is going to fill you up with him. He's going to fill you up with him. If you're new to church, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hey, what's the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus dwelling within you. It is the power that he is able to bring to you. He promised it to all of us. It's not just for certain groups. It's for all of us. It is his power, and he gives us to overcome. It's the power he gives us to overcome all the things of this world and to be guided by him. You can receive the Holy Ghost today in the service. Don't reject it. Don't fight it. Don't fight. If you've been in church all your life, you need a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. God wants me broken and emptied, and he wants me filled. Allow those walls to come down. All those walls just to come down. Don't restrict God. 
Don't focus on the things that have happened in your past. Oh, this has happened to me. This person wronged me. I was involved in this and that. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, look at me. Look at me. Be broken before me. Empty yourself up of all your past and let me fill you up. Let me fill you up. If you're already full, he won't do much with you. If you're already satisfied, he won't do much with you. If you've grown apathetic to the scriptures, to his spirit, to praying, or, or, or not looking for a healer or the comforter, the one that is able to satisfy, he won't do much with you. He'll just pass you on by. He'll just pass on by. But he'll go to those that are desperate and hungry and thirsty. Are you desperate enough for him in your life? Are you desperate enough for him? This is a call to the ones that are hungry and that are desperate, wanting more. He who has ears, let him hear. God wants you to be broken. God wants you empty so that you can be filled with him. Come on, church. These altars are open. These altars are open, church. He'll go to the thirsty. He'll go to the hungry. He will change those lives. He will bypass the ones that are not wanting it. These altars are open, church. Hey, getting emptied is repentance. It's repentance. It's turning away from your ways. It's turning away from your ways. And turning towards God. God, I'm not doing it without you. I'm not doing it without you. I'm not, I'm not going my way anymore. God wants you broken. God wants you emptied of your own self. And he wants you filled up with him. I'm not doing it my way anymore. I'm not doing it my way anymore. I need you, Lord. Come on, church. Let's fill these altars. He has a message for you. Altar workers, come and let's start praying for the people. <laughs>